Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Kate, when's Passover? It's past. It's over. It's really? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's not right now? No. Oh, it's over? It's over. Oh. <laughs> I passed it over? Yep. Oh. Well, it might be over, but it comes back, right? Uh, next year. Well, I'll have something ready for you then, because guess what we got in the mail? It's Meet the Matza by Alan Silberberg. Oh, cool. The same fellow who... Did meet the latkes. Did the latkes, exactly. And now he's got meet the matzah. Cool. So I, uh, I, I bestow it upon you. Oh, thanks. It is yours. You have your own matzah-related picture book. That's cool. I know it's cool. Thank you. You're welcome. It is late. It's got aliens and and god is a superhero on the as cover? far as i can tell that is the story uh of 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 passover I yes for, i think that was one of the plagues right the aliens yeah the aliens down. were definitely i'm sorry how are aliens <laughs> not a plague <laughs> we're not talking about like nice like do 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 aliens like no 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 oh, he's got creepy green legs and antenna and exactly oh, awesome. like every good alien should Thank and you. uh yes you're welcome because i i know you you enjoy such things and 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 who are you by the way I am Kate the Jew. And I am <laughs> Betsy the Episcopalan. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And what? And we are Fuse 8 and Kate. We have a podcast. Yep. We talk about picture books. Yep. And things. Yep. Yup. And this week, so last week, uh, we did Chrysanthemum. And it had sort of come up, the fact that we have not done a book with positive Asian uh, or Asian American portrayals in it. Well, we maybe ever. Oh, we did Lan Po Po. Yeah, that's a pretty darn good one. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a great Chinese folktale that was done by Ed Young. But we haven't anything lately. So, uh, of course, our rule is that the book has to have been out for twenty years. Yes, for us to consider it as a classic. So, I my first thought was something called Bim Bop. It's really great title. It's by Linda Sue Park, and it came out in 2005. Then I thought about Henry and the Kite Dragon, which came out in 2004. Uh, Then I thought about the name jar, but the name jar is super similar to Chrysanthemum, and we just did Chrysanthemum. So it's time to turn to an old favorite. This book came out in 1999. Oh, it makes the cut. Yeah, it totally makes the cut. Let me get it out now. The ugly vegetables. That's right. By Grace Lynn. That's right. This is actually the anniversary edition that you will be receiving, which came out, I believe, in 2009. So, you know, it's the 10-year anniversary. And I'm sure when 2029 comes out, there may well be a 20-year anniversary edition. Isn't there, like, a we'll service where you can buy ugly vegetables? 
And like a- yes. Well, that's different though, right? Because those vegetables are the ones that aren't good enough to be in the grocery stores because they're imperfect. Did you see Amy Schumer's carrot? No. <laughs> what is Amy Schumer's carrot? Tell me more. Uh, it's really inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> now I'm struggling. I'm like, we don't have a tiny E on her. I think I can guess why it's inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Her husband's a chef, so it's it's really funny, though. Okay. I, I'm Just going Google to, uh, Amy Schumer carrot and you'll find it. It's hilarious. Probably not going to be a lot of hits that, that come up <laughs> with that one, though. I agree. Speaking of ugly vegetables. Speaking of ugly vegetables. Well, that's perfect. But in the meantime, let me hand you these ugly vegetables and you can check them out all right while kate does her read i have an embarrassing thing to tell you so i have the perfect story to tell you while she does her read the only problem is okay here's the deal so as you may know i co-wrote a book called wild things acts of mischief in children's literature i co-wrote it with uh jules danielson and peter ceruta two fantastic bloggers now, when we originally wrote this manuscript, and I always seem to make this larger and larger, but I think it was at least 400 pages long. All right. It was massive. It had so many stories in it. And this was one of the stories that got cut. Now, many of the stories that got cut were put on the Wild Things website, and I can link to that. If you keep scrolling down at the website, you actually can see tons of crazy obscure stories that did not make the cut. I thought maybe this story would be there. It's not. So I'm going to tell it to you from memory. And then uh, Grace Lynn can go on Twitter and say, Betsy doesn't know what she's talking about. It's all lies. Lies, nothing but lies. But it's not. Because this is a true story. Right. So it's a story of Grace Lynn's first book. All right. So she was a kid. And I believe she was in second grade. And she entered a contest. Now, you may recall this if you've read her book, The Year of the Dog. Because she enters a bookmaking contest. Well, that actually did happen to her. And the crazy thing is, it won second prize. Um, and this was a, this is actually a legitimate bookmaking contest. I will look up the name and put it in the show notes. It's done all around the country, still to this day. And it is a massive amount of money. She won something like $500 for second prize. Now, she had a theory as to who won the first prize. Turned out years later that the person that she thought had gotten first prize did win, but it was in a different grade level than hers. I think she was second grade and he was fourth grade. But the fact of the matter is that the person that same year who won the fourth grade prize was none other than Dave Pilkey of Captain Underpants fame. Dave Pilkey did his own book in this same contest in the same year. And he walked away with the first prize. So it just goes to show, folks, some of these people, they've been doing it a long, long time. You're back. I'm back. You're back with some soup. No. And a book. Yes. Book soup. No, yes. Yummy yummers. No, yes, no. Mm, Yes, no, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, no. No. (laughs) Yes. So I read a book. You read a book. And in the beginning of the book, it has a note to the reader that I've never seen before. Well, you've never seen this book before, so that stands to reason. Yeah. Ah. But it says, you may find some unfamiliar words in this story. Pronounce them as you guess they sound from the way they're spelled or turn to the last page of the book for help. Now, that's interesting. Usually they put like a glossary in the front or they 
usually put a glossary in the back. Yeah. You stumble through the entire book yep. not knowing there's a glossary in the bag. Then you yeah. get to the bag and you're like, well, yeah, so I like that. That's very clever. It I was... wonder if it was in the original edition of the book. Because this is the anniversary edition, so. I don't know. I thought that mm. was like considerate and like a nice way to teach as well. I like, agree. Give it a shot. If you screw up, that's okay. Yeah. The answers are in the back. So Love it. Two thumbs up, Grace Lynn. So we meet this mother and daughter, mm-hmm. and it's the beginning of spring, and they are working on their garden. Mm-hmm. So they're digging up the dirt. Seems appropriate for this time of year. Exactly. Digging up dirt time of year. Yeah. And, uh, and it just so happens that everyone around them is also working on their gardens. Because <laughs> it's that kind of neighborhood. <laughs> well, it's a neighborhood that nobody, there's no fences in between the neighbors. So I wonder... Yeah. Well, okay. if there had been fences, would people still be as friendly? I don't know. When we were growing up, we, um, so when I was little, this was before you were born or just, no, you were born. Like, but we lived in Parchment, the suburb of Kalamazoo. And I remember very clearly our backyards did not have fences. And I could run through the backyards very easily from one home to another. Like, so I wonder... I just wonder I if there's know, like like, a, a, yeah. a, like an HOA that's like, you can't put up any fences. Everyone <laughs> you must be friendly to your neighbors. That would be like the greatest HOA of all time. And also, I like, would belong to that HOA. If there had been fences, would there, instead of everyone having their own garden, would there be a community garden? Ooh, I don't know. I get very greedy about my garden. I wouldn't like the idea of sharing it. Well, all the plots of land are for me. <laughs> Nobody else. Well, we meet uh, Mrs... Marine. She's oh. a, an older lady who's who's digging up her garden. I bet she has those like those kneeling like knee things for like when you're kneeling in the soil and, and your knees hurt when you do it for a long period know, of she's time. She's sitting on her butt in this picture. Oh, good so. for her. You sit on that butt. <laughs> we meet uh, this father and his two kids, Linda and Mickey. And uh, but throughout, you know, as we're meeting all these different neighbors, uh, the main character, the little girl, keeps asking her mom, hey, you know, like this neighbor is, you know, using a small shovel. Why are we using a big one? Yeah, hey, those neighbors are using, um, you know, a watering can. Why are we using a hose? And so she's very curious. She's asking all sorts of questions. And then I noticed that um, the mother is, you know, when she says hi to Mrs. Crumarine, uh, you know, it's her, it's, they introduce her as Mrs. Whereas when she talks about the neighbor across the street, she calls her by her first name. Hmm. Is that like a respect for older generations? Oh, it might be, yeah. Yeah, that may well be what that's going on there, yeah. Well, also, like, yeah, I don't know. When we were growing up, like, the older ladies, like, we didn't call them Flo or anything like that. Well, no, we we were kids, though. Yeah, that's true. It's the mother that's choosing. I don't know. That's a good question. But she's, so the mother is writing in Chinese letters instead of uh, on a piece of paper. Notebook and, paper. Yeah. And then, you know, putting these in the garden mm-hmm. instead of what other neighbors are doing, which is having like the papers that the seeds come in. Oh, shoot. That's a freaking good idea. I should do that. <laughs> I never know what I've planted. And then half the time I weed what I've planted. Huh. But well. I actually this year bought um, little stakes that I can write on for the very first time. Well, there because you go. I kept Happening. Should have just done it what these other people are doing, yeah. which is just, but take the actual seed packets and stick a but, stick through them. Yeah, but this yeah. mother is choosing to write in Chinese letters, and the daughter is asking, "Well, why are you doing that?" And she's explaining because we're growing Chinese vegetables, 
And these are the names of the vegetables in Chinese so I can tell which plants are growing where. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first kid's book you've shown me with Chinese letters in it. I've never seen one before. Yeah, there weren't any in Lon Popo. You're right. Racking brain. Nope. So as the garden is starting to grow and all the neighbor's gardens are starting to grow, I notice that she does put a fence around oh, her garden. Oh, exactly. So is it because of maybe like the dogs? It could be. Well, it's not like bunnies can't just. Maybe they have oh, deer. Oh, I'll get to the bunny. Oh, wait, but there's a bunny? There's a bunny. Oh, bunny. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting that, oh, now all of a sudden she decides Yeah, suddenly to, this fence comes up. It's she like, builds a fence whoops. to go around this garden. That's fascinating. Yeah. Guess the neighborhood association didn't care about that. <laughs> oh but, yeah, it's like the only fence in the entire backyards here. Yeah. Well, no, there's like you know. There's oh some, yeah, but like, that's like a low. There's like some fence. side fences yeah. here, but anyway, as the neighbors' gardens are blooming, there's the smell of flowers everywhere, and I have found my person. Oh, who's your person? My person that I can relate to the most is yeah. the old man in the hammock. <sighs> the hammock. Wouldn't it be sweet to have a hammock? Doesn't he look so comfortable? He looks so comfortable. It's like 80 degrees outside, but he's wearing a sweater and long pants. Yeah, and you do, old man. S- sleeping in the hammock. and I, You wear your long clothes. I, I can relate to this There's man. There's a chilly breeze. <laughs> he's my man. All right. Good. <laughs> he doesn't deserve a tattoo, but he, he's your man. So the little girl explains that everyone's gardens are smelling beautiful, and their flowers are everywhere, and there's butterflies and bees flying everywhere, but their garden is just like green and it's not very pretty yeah and you know the little girl keeps asking why didn't we grow flowers and Mm -hmm. the mother keeps saying these are better than flowers you can't eat flowers and the little girl's like "Mm, i don't think so (laughs) and the mother's pretty sure i'm right on this one (laughs) but i'm kind of with the little girl on this like i'm not a patient gardener i want things to like happen very quickly and i want it to be pretty and i want it to happen now well yeah and i i feel like when i'm a kid the last thing I want is for everything in my garden to be just green leaves. That is so boring. It's, yeah, it's... it's I want some flowers. I want some color, some differences. I want some snapdragons where I, like, squeeze the sides of their little mouths and they go, like, bah, like that. <laughs> well, here's the rabbit. So Ooh. it does say on this page that, uh, you know, before long our vegetables grew and you can see that their garden is starting to grow some interesting looking vegetables. Yep. And in the middle is this bunny that I'm surprised the mother is not The mom should be just like screaming about and like putting, well, I don't know. What do you put down to stop rabbits? Like deer blood or something, you know, just like try to get the, it's not deer blood, but it's just like, it's stuff you got really violent There's someone's blood you put down. But yes, bunnies must go. Bunnies are a bane to gardens. This is the page where you get the the title of the book because it says these were, they were ugly vegetables. You could not put them on a grocery store shelf. Because it wouldn't be proper. I don't know, it kinda, I'm sort of seeing like a squash. Yeah. And like a really, really big cucumber type thing. See, we have a grocery here in town that does some more unusual fruits and vegetables. Or not unusual, but it does fruits and vegetables you would not see. <sighs> What's a better way of putting this? Commonly? Commonly in America. In America, they it has some like, it has a wonderful array of world vegetables. There you go. But I don't know if it has any of these. I don't know. But I want to find out. As as the mother starts taking all these vegetables from the garden into the kitchen, this is where the the disclaimer in the beginning was really important because she starts saying, this is 
and then she says what it is in Chinese, and I looked at that, and I went, uh, hmm, uh, and then I remembered what it said. Just try uh-huh. spelling it out, mm-hmm. give it a chance. And, and were then, you close? Uh, no. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Not at all. Not even close. I immediately went to the back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's why we got it. Because something that, like, if I were to try and Americanize it, American, it would look like Hulu Who, but it's actually pronounced Fulu Fu. Oh, interesting. Which are pale yellow gourds that are mm. used for decoration. It, oh. it tells you, like, what. You don't eat them. Okay. It tells you, like, what each of the different vegetables are and how they're used in the Aww. back of the book, which, and like an illustration and a and, recipe. And a recipe and the Chinese letters. Nice. Very informative Very last informative. page. That's, I see <laughs> back matter. I love it. Yeah. So she makes a soup. Out of all these vegetables that she grew, right? Mm-hmm. As she's making this soup, there's this scent that's wafting over all the yards mm-hmm. where every neighbor across the street, next door, down the street, everyone is smelling this waft of deliciousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can see the stream of... <laughs> it just goes right for their noses, doesn't it? It yeah. just zeroes in. Except for my man. <laughs> no, wait, what about the man? Who... It's not. Oh, yeah. It's not walking. It's nowhere near him. No, but he's just sleeping, standing up, and <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and that is a man of talent. Maybe he's, I appreciate that. Maybe he's like trying to get in on the action with what everyone's smelling, but mm. it's it's not near his nose. So he's no. like, I'm just gonna take a nap on my feet like a horse. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you sleep like that horse. So as the little girl is, you know, she's trying this soup for the very first time, the doorbell rings, and it's all the neighbors with all the flowers who are like, um, maybe we can do a trade? We'll and give you a bunch of flowers that you didn't want in the first place <laughs> yeah, in exchange Because if you'd wanted them, you would have planted them. <laughs> right, in exchange for soup that you obviously took a long time to make mm-hmm. and cultivate and get mm-hmm. the seeds for and grow. And, we and just... mom slams the door in their face and says, eat your pansies. <laughs> That's what you grew them for, right? No, no, she's a good person. She, she knew all along. She brought all the neighbors inside. She gave all of them the recipe for the soup. See, this she, is just like... She put the soup in jars. This is the little red all over again these people didn't earn this soup and now they're gonna profit from it and the little girl ate five bowls of the soup so apparently okay, it was pretty good pretty impressive that's a good and testament. now i'm worried about her tongue but i'm sure I think she'll be fine she, i yeah. think you'll have lots of fiber oh yes <laughs> so at the very end it's everyone sitting around their dining room table she's in she's smelling the beautiful flowers everyone else is tasting the, the delicious soup and it says at the end that everyone in the neighborhood decides to grow these Chinese vegetables so they don't have to, like, steal from her every year. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I, Which they will because and And, and she and the, and the mother grows flowers next to her Chinese yeah, vegetable garden. Yeah, yeah. I think she would have been perfectly fine not growing the flowers. You know, cross-pollination but... is quite a thing. A lot of people do plant flowers next to vegetables because of the cross-pollination with the bees, so... But I'm wondering, why did she only now decide to grow these vegetables? And where did she get the seeds from? You know, it's... it's well, not... maybe that's it. Maybe she stumbled on a supplier of the seeds, and that's the only reason she's now doing it. Hmm. Interesting. As it turns out, if you go to the Ugly Vegetables uh, website that Graceland has for this book in particular, 
there is a link there where you can buy these seeds. Oh. Um, not directly from her, because that would be a hell of a side hustle. Yeah. And I think that she should, if this whole, like, writing award-winning children's books thing doesn't work out, <laughs> I think she could totally be, like, a seed provider. Yeah, why like, not? You want some seeds? You want some ugly vegetable seeds? I got them. I got them for you. They're right here. And that's it. That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah, this is, um, I'm beginning to, to work up a theory when it comes to picture books that teachers love. I think teachers are so key in books continually being read to kids. Like, we saw that with Chrysanthemum, and I think we certainly see it, well, we certainly see it with the book that I didn't do, which is The Name Jar, and I think we also see it with Ugly Vegetables, to a certain extent. I think this is a beloved book of, of teachers, to a certain extent. Um... And like I say, if you go to the website, you can buy the seeds, you can get the soup recipe, which is also in the back of the book, just in case that page got ripped out or something, I guess. And there are coloring pages, and there is a script for putting this book on uh, like a play, which I think is oh. very clever. I have not seen a lot yeah. of authors do that with their picture books, but of course, people are in desperate need of plays for kids, and this is a darn good one. And I bet you could do that pretty easily over Zoom, too. Yes. Oh, but you could definitely do it with Zoom. And extra points if you have some of the vegetables on hand as well that oh. you can kind of, like, hold up. Or maybe, like, just pictures. Pictures yeah. of the vegetables, like, cutouts of the vegetables. Um, yeah, you know, Graceland, as I say, she won... Uh, let's see here. She's won a, a Newbery Award. She's won a, uh, a no Newbery Honor, and I think she's won a Caldecott Honor as well uh, for very different style. This was indeed her very first picture book that she ever made, um, and then she just took off from there. And she's been writing books ever since, uh, left, right, and center. She has her own podcast, uh, which I will link to in the show notes. Y'all should definitely check that out. She's a wonderful person. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about the book. All right, so ratings. Ratings time. You want to go first or me? You go first. All right, so I do like this book. Um, it is funny. It's it's so strange. I, I'm just going to look at this book. I'm not going to compare it because her art style has changed so much since this book. Um, and I... It, you know, it's not my favorite of her art styles. I like a lot of her later styles, but we're not looking at those. We're looking at just this book in the context of this book alone. And it's a perfectly good art style. It's, it's um, I like it. I like the colors. Um, I like the depiction of the vegetables of Uglytude themselves. Um, I don't mind. Sometimes I would mind when it's like picture, text, picture, text. Uh, picture on one side, text on the other. For whatever reason, and I'm going to maybe credit the font, I don't know what it is, and then it's integrated in some of the art. It it, it shakes it up. Uh, it's not all picture art, picture art. Sometimes yeah. it's in the illustration. Sometimes it's on the side. But it, sometimes there's a border around the art on one side and then not on the other. I like it a lot. Um, I'm, you know, is is it my favoriteest bookist in the whole whole entire world? It's not. But I enjoy it, uh, so I'm a 6.5. Okay. I like the memorable name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For someone who has the memory of a goldfish, I can remember <laughs> ugly vegetables. Sure. I think this is a nice story about inclusion and acceptance and patience. Mm -hmm. I think it's perfect for this time of year. I really, really, yeah. really hope that her neighbors don't expect her to help them Seriously. grow their vegetables since they've or never like done it before. Or like when they fail, they like show up at her doorstep again when she has her soup and be like, my vegetables failed. Can we have more of your soup? Yeah. Like, whatever, dude. Um, 
as you said, yeah, I, th- this is not my kind of illustrations, but I can appreciate them. Yeah. And I do love the fact that it ends with the ingredients and the recipe for you to make your own ugly vegetable Fantastic soup. Fantastic pick. So I gave it a seven. Yay! So combined, it is definitely a classic. It's a classic! Finally! All right. Didn't get so much in the letters this week, so let's just skip on straight to grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay, so recently on the Twitter, uh, Lark, who is, is she the... It's our... It's our co- cousin. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's our, like our second, our, our adopted uh, right. second cousin, or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yes, she she <laughs> listens to the show so much we she we're practically related to her. So <laughs> someone had been talking about, um, you know, weird Muppet energy. I think, and she was talking about how there are two podcasts that, for her anyway, she she really feels that. Um, one of them being ours, obviously. We have we have some good Muppet energy going on. Um, and by the way, I just want to say, recently on Pop Culture Happy Hour, uh, they did an episode on Beverly Cleary, which was fantastic. And then not soon thereafter, they did an entire one on Muppets. Uh, so if you don't listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, highly recommend that. But speaking of Muppets, the other podcast that she said had sort of a Muppety vibe, besides us, is another podcast hosted by two women called Anglophilia. Have you ever heard of Anglophilia? No. So this is a podcast where two American ladies um, watch, or they have already watched a variety of different Britcoms um, in a wide range. So Blackadder, uh, The Peep Show, um, they did uh, Fleabag, they did Black Books. Um, so, uh, oh, they did um, Coupling. And their comments are uh, very explicit, so don't listen around the children. Uh, A lot of the uh, lady parts do get mentioned. But they're great. They're very funny. I don't always agree with them, but I am always interested in what they have to say. Uh, And then, of course, I've only been listening to the ones of shows that I already knew. I am very much hoping that at some point they will get to... Uh, the Good Neighbors, which over in England was called The Good Life, which they have not done yet, or that Mitchell and Webb look, because they did do Monty Python, so they clearly do sketch shows as well. Anyway, it's very fun, uh, and listen to the Fleabag one. Uh, if you listen to the Fleabag one, which was the last one they did, it is great, um, and they have such smart things to say, so that's Anglophilia. Okay. Well, it's the opening day of baseball. Well, Yes, and not- who's throwing out the first pitch? Our friend's sister, who's in charge of the vaccine distribution in the city of Chicago. The commish. Yeah. Yeah. So she, Allison Arwoody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's not the first day of baseball for when this episode comes out. No. However, in, as an homage to opening day for baseball, my grown up thing is a poem that our father wrote. Oh, yeah. Which was called A Homily in the Church of Baseball. You want to read that thing? Uh, it's quite long. It is quite long. So no, but I will read the end of it. Okay, go for that. The Chicago White Sox won a World Series, and the Tigers have had some great seasons. Good things will happen. Miracles do happen, I tell you. Except maybe for the Cubs. Life has had... (laughs) Which I'm like, come on, He wrote this before the Cubs (laughs) won the World Series. Life has to hold some deep mysteries. For a while, baseball leaves us up to the darkness of winter, and we cling to the improbable hope of spring and the, ins- and the resurrection. But baseball and life will offer us another chance. You'll see. 
We'll be born again, as we always are, every year, every spring, always, always. Aww. So I thought we'll we'll put a link in the show notes to the full poem. I think uh, that sounds good. Yep. So yeah, that's a great plan. We're gonna do that. Sorry, mom, you're not the only poet in the family. Yeah, <laughs> it skips generations, but <laughs> for mom and dad, we are the children of poets. Yep. Yep. Anyway, that was my grown-up thing. Ah, that's awesome. Play right. baseball. Well, Go maybe sports. Maybe I'll do a baseball. Ooh, I could do a baseball book. There are some options of baseball picture book classics. Good or bad, though? Ah, therein lies the key. (laughs) Yes, we shall consider hmm, the most appropriate baseball picture book. All right. Well, until I figure that one out, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our director of Vegetables of Insufficient Physical Beauty is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>